Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with comic Greg Stone. Greg Stone, how the hell are you? Oh, I'm great, man. Thanks for oh, having good. me. Oh, good. You are Greg Stone, blue check mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. It just <laughs> on, says on Twitter, that. yeah. Yeah, it yeah. says that, but there's no blue, blue check mark yet. Is there more notable Greg Stones? There's one other Greg Stone who lives in England, and he talks about English politics. I don't know what side of the fence he's on. Oh, I never understand yeah. anything he tweets. I retweet him all the time, which is probably horrible because <laughs> God knows what this guy stands for, but I just get excited yeah. that he's like, the parliament is in, uh, you know, Catastrophe. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, man, but you got the same name as me, so you got to be cool. Yeah. And I just retweet. I just, yeah. So that's like the only guy I know who's another Greg Stone. Yeah. I don't know how check marks work. Like, if you had done, like, your Twitter handle is Greg Stone underscore. If you had done Greg F Stone, you probably could have been blue check marked by now. Really? Is that how that works? Well, is that how that works? I, like, because you have Greg Stone underscore and there's a different Greg Stone there, it's difficult to get check marked as Greg Stone. I wonder if it's because Stone is I, I make no bones about this. Stone is my mom's name. Uh, oh. Coraluzo is my real last name. I started using Stone when I for two reasons. I worked in an ER, and I also like I had this like comedy. Oh, this oh, I, I hate this because I have to get into this story. I can never te- I can never tell people this and not get in. I heckled Jerry Seinfeld and thought he was gonna like. Uh, banned me from comedy, so <laughs> I I got scared. I just started using my mom's name, uh, so because I did a show with him, and then like I don't know, it was like a whole thing, and then I got scared, so I just started using Greg Stone. Um, but when I was working at, uh, I was a writer on this show called The Break. It was on Netflix for a while, and um, it uh, we had like this lady who was like, "I'm getting everybody blue check marks," and she got everyone blue check marks except me. So I don't oh, know what's wow. going on, but Twitter's got some kind of issue. Anthony DeVito is like another comedian who's like my best friend and yeah. got a blue check mark immediately, even though there's 15 Anthony De- DeVitos in comedy. So uh, I, I don't I don't know what the deal is, but I don't but really also care. Like, but then, like, you know, I, by changing your name, you don't have to disavow everything that got you to the point where you were opening for Jerry Seinfeld. Right. <laughs> like, that oh, was, that's a pretty good gig to be on a bill with Jerry Seinfeld. Right. Not in. See, this isn't that. And this is why I changed the name. <laughs> I did a bringer show when I first started uh, and Jerry Seinfeld walked in. And <laughs> so I'll just tell you a little bit of the story, even though I feel like a billion, uh, no one's heard it, but my fans have heard it. Oh, yeah. um, so Seinfeld comes in and he, at the end of his show, he goes at the end of his act, he goes, does anybody have any questions for me? And then he'll take questions from the crowd. That's how he'll like develop material. And I had just, and I was a new comic. This is like 2001 or two or three, I don't know, around there. And uh, he goes, uh, is there any questions for me? And I had just seen Brian Regan. And at the end of his act, he goes, what bits do you want? And he'll have, he does a show where you call out bits and he does those bits. Uh And uh, that's what I thought Seinfeld was doing. (laughs) So I raised my hand and I went, hey, Jerry, what's up with people who ride the bus? (laughs) Yeah, man, it's really embarrassing. Uh, and, and and he thought you were heckling. Yeah, he goes, "What the hell is that supposed to mean?" 
weren't you just up here talking about nothing? And then my brother, who was a six foot three guy named the Wolf. His name is Joey, but everyone calls him the Wolf. He's got a tattoo on his inner lip. He's, it says Persevere across his stomach. He's a oh he's huge guy, sweet as molasses. He's very protective of me. He says, "Didn't you write a show based on nothing?" Which is kind of like killer. I was like, "Wow, all right, yeah. fucking Wolf." Uh, but I was like, no, Jerry, I wasn't trying to heckle. I felt really, really bad. Immediately realized what was happening. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Jerry walks over to me like he gets off and I'm trying to apologize. He doesn't care. He just brushes past me to where my brother is standing in front of the door at Stand Up New York. And he goes, hey, Greg, you want to fuck up Jerry Seinfeld? And I went, no, no, we do not. This is not what we want. Jerry walks by, gets in his billion dollar Porsche, drives away. And then I... Some girl, when this is like when websites were like, you know, first coming out, writes comedian Greg Stone, Jerry Seinfeld's opener. And I was like, no, she writes Greg Corluzzo. And I was yeah. like, I am not his opener. That is a ah. thing I'm trying to forget. Can yeah. you take that down? She said, I can't take it down. Websites are forever because she didn't know how to like change websites <laughs> yet. So then I, I was also working at a hospital at the time and I was like, oh, I don't want. These people looking at my stand up anyway. I'm not good enough yet. Yeah. So I was okay. like, I'm just using my mom's name, and I went to Greg Stone. That is back funny because your your brother almost had played a part in you changing your last name, and that's the last thing you want to do when the wolf is sticking up for you. So cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Like, the wolf, I appreciate it though, bro. Yeah. All right. So uh, real quick, I mean, they want to follow you, and of course they do because the other day Joe List had a special that was out, and um, at the end he thanked a bunch of people or a couple people, and one of them was Greg Stone. What's that about? Uh, Joe and I are La Famiglia. Joe, I've been on so many war gigs with. I've opened for Joe for a long time. Joe and I've been friends for a long time. Uh, it started before he was. It's our friendship blossomed before he was sober. Uh, we would just get drunk and do karaoke together. But okay. we were just two guys. So I think like we have very similar like. Not to sound like we're nice guys, but like he is a guy who is constantly working on trying to be like. Uh, good to other people and i think that we kind uh, of that sounds like i'm being like complimentary to myself but it's like i think we're both two guys who are like care too much about how other people are doing you know around them and, I, and we've done some gigs like in tent it's crazy to be like oh we've done some hell gigs that are outside in tents meanwhile <laughs> all the gigs that are happening right now so yeah it's that's another thing too like all of the gigs that used to be horrible yeah. are now the best gigs because those people who are doing horrible gigs know how to put on horrible gigs whereas the people who put on good gigs they don't know what they're doing like you got to go to like old jimmy haha in jersey who's like yeah i can run a fucking pa through a ford explorer it's like that's the guy you want to do shows with now with covid but yeah, yeah so like, yeah, we've been through was talking about at governors they, they had a tent that was falling down so yeah if you know how to put on a good show you're unlikely to know how to erect a proper tent like like joey in new jersey yeah Dude, yeah, it's the crazy. Other people on there was uh, Stephen Rogers, and you know Stephen Rogers was also on the thank you list and Joe list and special. And you know you guys are similarly generous in coming on the pod, and I just it's so nice that you guys are like that, you know. And you know everybody's got good things to say about Greg Stone and Stephen Rogers. Oh, that's like I don't have anything nice to say about Stephen Rogers. He actually <laughs> had the entire world fooled. I've seen the real him, <laughs> and it's gross. It's he's a disgusting dude. Me too. Thank God. Like that's. <laughs> That's like he didn't not that he's not involved with me too. Worse that when when the murder that when the hashtag about like murdering people in dumpsters starts coming out, Stephen is gonna get his comeuppance. 
He's only he's only saved by the fact that the hashtag is too cumbersome. Dead bodies <laughs> and dumpsters. Right? That's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People can't. It's just not fun enough. He's got, he's, that, he's got the yeah the panic attacking pod, and now we know why he's anxious, right? The bodies and dumpsters. <laughs> yeah, man, these guys got bodies. Nah, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do the thing where I go. No, I'm just kidding. He's murdered. <laughs> I, I'm going on record. Okay, look at dude. Follow the blood. Don't follow the money. Follow Stephen Rogers has killed people, and I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm joking. I'm not joking. Yeah, yeah, and I it's hear him mur- say he's kill. He kills all the time on stage, but I think he's referring to what he did before the show. Never says stage. He says kill. <laughs> we know what he's talking about. Do your and, research, and, people. Yeah, and you got to wonder what Joe List is thanking you for. <laughs> yeah. Wonder, <laughs> wonder well, who's missing. Follow the money, people. I think out of fear. I think Joe is just saying, because he knows what Steve is capable. He's one of the few people. <laughs> I'm one of them. I'm a Stephen Rogers truther who knows what Steve Rogers is capable of. Dude, and Andrew Chavon, I mean, he's just kind of along for the ride, right? Is he is he with them all these times? Do you, do you think they've kind of split a couple of those uh, bodies? No, that's a, this is what we like to call an R. Kelly situation, where <laughs> Stephen has, like, he's kind of, like, fucked his brain up into following him, and now, like, dude, dude watch the Epstein documentary. What Steve, what he was doing to those little, to those poor women, Stephen is doing to Chavon. Dude, I... I mean, Jesus. Thank Dude, I, I, had, I had Maddie Smith on, and I don't know how deep it goes. I had, had Sarah Tolomash on earlier today, and she I think she's covering for everybody, too. Really? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, like, I, I kind of asked her pre-pod about the Steven Rogers thing, and she was like, I, I won't talk about that. People are, yeah, people are scared. People are scared of Steven Rogers. I'll be the, I'm coming out. I'm, you know, like, I'm not to say that I'm brave. Some people would say it. I wouldn't say it, but... <laughs> You know, and we also have to Brian Regan. Like, how do you get the Regan gig? Right? What do you think it's up to? Who do you think trained him? <laughs> Regan is murdered. I yeah. yeah, even Bill Burr is like people like Regan, like, you know, he was on Comedians and Cars. Bill Burr was, and he's like, Brian Regan, those clean comics, man, that you think they're good guys. It's like, nah, these people are fucking evil motherfuckers, you know? What if in like five years we find out that Stephen Rogers actually killed somebody and then I'm the <laughs> only like people, oh, Greg knew. <laughs> I think you're going to change your name back in that situation. Yeah. Greg Corluzzo, right back. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, real, real quick. We don't have much time for it. But the, the topic that I wanted to talk about was you mentioned nerd culture as being a topic that you could be interested in. And I, I looked at your picture and I, I know about the wolf and I know about your kind of inside dirt on Steven Rogers. It's like, how the fuck do you pretend you're into nerd culture when you're obviously just a, you know, just a badass motherfucker? <laughs> Dude, it's weird. I. I have I, I have collect action figures, man. I have a I have like a giant action figure people collection figure collection. And you kind of said this before the pod. You actually said that I'm a good looking guy. Yeah, uh, for a comedian, you you're pretty it's, good looking, right? I, I mean, I appreciate it. I, I think I fit well into what these fat fucks look like who collect action figures. But um, <laughs> I used to not always look like this. You know, I used to be a lot thinner, and I used to rollerblade, and I used to be in shape. Um, but I used to collect action figures, and women would come over. And th- like now it's definitely more acceptable. Um, it's still not acceptable, but it's more acceptable than when I started. And I used to take every action figure off my shelf. I would like take the posters down and I would just like, I had this like women would come over, like I would meet girls and I'd have to be in a relationship for like a few months before I started like putting stuff back up to be like, ah. hey, this is who I am. I was like ashamed of who I was for such a very long time. And were there tiers of people you would bring out first? Like, oh, well, this G.I. Joe guy's actually valuable, so that's why I have him. Like, who'd you bring out first? 
Dude, well, it was I collect Marvel Legends, so it was always Spider Man and GI yeah, and GI Joe were my two yeah. big things. And you could pass but, um, them off as valuable, right? Is that what you had to do at the beginning to kind of ease them in? I hated that. People, that's that. See, that's the thing. Yes, in the beginning, I did. Right, I did try to say, "Well, they collect value," but that's just this cop out that nerds use to just like I collect them because I love them. Okay, yeah. because I like you get an action figure. There's like it's a, 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 a you know, like if you're having a bad day. I'll go into a Walgreens and I'll see a figure that I need and it gives me this little boost of, you know, like it just makes you feel good. It's a little bit of nostalgia. Um, and it's like for me, now this is something I also am a big writer. So I like to have things that I can visualize. Right. So I write comic books and stuff like that. Oh. Nothing that published, but it's easier to like look around and go like, oh, why would spider-man be hanging out with destro what is that story right yeah. and then that gets the creative juices going and then that's helped me so much with storytelling because i'm a big storyteller like i love to tell stories and a lot of it is um fiction and then a lot of it is you know it just i, I think it uh, all that stuff kind of and setting them up like i'll pose them and shit and then like it's a little zen thing that yeah. allows it's like taking a shower do you um uh when you like I, come up with stuff do it in the shower Oh, dude, yeah, because that's when your processes, your background processes are running, right? Yes, and that's what yeah. setting up action figures and all that stuff is for me. Wow. It's just a thing that allows me to get the back processors cooking. And and that's um, when you come up with all your good bits, you know? And even some yeah. things that are inspired by truth, which like the Stephen Rogers thing is obviously factual. Right. So it's not one of your stories whatsoever. No, no. I mean, the Stephen Rogers thing came to me. I was setting up an action figure, and I was like, why? Why is he always hiding? And then I, I started to realize, I was like, oh, this, and then I started digging up dirt, getting online, right? <laughs> Where he's been, go, following his, I go on his Venmo, who's been paying him? How much for? Yes, that's the right. fucking source, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, Brian Reagan is paying him off. What's he into, right? I, I'm not sure that Brian, I, I would honestly say, like, uh, Brian uh, might be scared. A lot of, most of the comedy community is uh, living in fear people were about ellen i'm like ellen it's steven rogers okay steve rogers is a horrifying human being yeah i mean they would get along famously like it surprises me that he wouldn't be wouldn't have been on ellen yet has he has steven rogers been on ellen i do, mean does she even do stand-up i has, guess i guess she doesn't do stand-up probably for that very reason man who are you gonna invite some killers on fucking set can't you can't have steven rogers around people man that's like having a you know like Having like, don't go shopping when you're hungry, right? Like, <laughs> Stephen Rogers being around Ellen is gonna just get his juices, <laughs> and they will, they'll to the together they'll be unstoppable. <laughs> and, I mean, do we think any of the you know the going out and buying an action figure or whatever like it's familiar? It's it's that temporarily temporary hit of familiar and positive, like somebody else would get like you know eating food if they're a food addict like I am, or drinking alcohol if they're an alcoholic. I'm sorry. What was that again? I was distracted yeah. thinking about oh, Ted Bundy. Thinking about, Steven thinking about Stephen Rogers. I was thinking about a new storyline. Um, you know, like <laughs> buy, buying the action figure when you're down. You know, that momentary hit of nostalgia and yes. and you know this positive feeling is that the same hit that people get when they score drugs or alcohol or food, whatever, whatever kind of addict there. Yeah, that's what it is for me, for sure. I mean, uh, my dad was an alcoholic, and I was straight edge till I was like 30 or something. So yes. I was always, yeah, I was afraid. Straight edge though, that's fucking amazing. Did you wear like a badge of honor, man? Were you were you saying, yeah, man, I'm straight at Joe? And then when did it stop? Why did it stop? And has it made you more successful as a comic because you've been more productive and you were able to hustle more when you were sober? Um, well, I wasn't. So to answer that question is, I 
was putting X's on my hands for when I was much younger before I was doing, you know, I was like singing the songs like I'm straight as the line that you sniff up your nose. But uh, I stopped being straight. I stopped calling myself straight edge before I started doing drugs and drinking because I was hanging out with kids who were straight edge who were just looking to fight. And, uh, you know, like I got into a, like a kid had like we went to a party once. That was a part it was a show and they were checking for weapons. So these kids I was with. We're like, hey, they're checking for weapons. We gotta leave these in your car. And someone put a knife, uh, like sticks, and someone had nunchucks. And I went, wow. I'm hanging out with people who are carrying nunchucks. Yeah. This isn't why I did this, right? <laughs> so And then you get into comedy where Steven Rogers is there and he's wielding all of the above. And I need to get nunchucks again to protect. <laughs> um But that's cool to know that like the kids you were hanging out with, it's like, yeah, you guys were against drugs and alcohol and stuff, but well, at what fucking cost, man, if you guys have to bring nunchucks to a rock show? They, that's the thing. They were just doing it to hold on to something, whereas I was doing it because it like when I was afraid of drinking and drugs because of people in my family and people I'd grown up around. So it it did allow me to have this backbone that I didn't need to create my own personality. It's something to hold on to. So when people are like, hey, do you want to drink? I go, oh, sorry, buddy, I'm straight edge. So it allowed me that excuse. Yeah. Um, but once I stopped being straight edge, I just kind of like – I was like, I just don't drink because I was just like, I know what is capable. And then I was, there was a two times where I remember like drinking for the first time. And one of them was this thing. And then this other time was just a very simple like stories with my friend, the horse, who was like, um, just try this. We had a margarita and I was like, it didn't immediately make me crazy, but so I was like, okay, this is a cool thing that I can kind of do and not take over my life. Um, but it, it did allow me to. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of like getting distracting myself, but it, it did allow me to kind of create my own personality uh, when I broke away from the straight edge. It was like it, it made me stronger to be like not have to drink crazy, yeah. you know. And I, you know, like I, I I smoke weed now and I and I drink, but I never had a problem with it. I have a problem with action figures. <laughs> That's fucking cool. Like, but I, I think you probably were. You're, it sounds like you're not taking any of these things to extreme. Probably even. You know, it sounds like even weed you probably have under control. Like, what role does sobriety play in kind of getting farther in comedy? Um, well, I mean, for me, I didn't really see. I was drinking when comedy started to really kind of happen for me. Okay. Um, but it's not so much of the sobriety. It was forming your own personality. Like, the, what uh. Straight Edge was able to do for me. It, it straight edge did the same thing that rollerblading did for me, which is it allowed me to be proud of something that most people didn't like. Yeah. So <laughs> I, it allowed me to like stand up to people in a way of be like, no, I, I rollerblade and I'm proud of it. You know, like yeah. I don't drink and it allows you to be your own. Per- it allowed me to create drinking. This is what I tell like kids. It's funny. I tell kids, I'm talking <laughs> to kids. I, I told my niece and nephew, we were talking the other day and they were like, we were talking about drugs and alcohol. And I said, the real reason you don't want to do it when you're young is because it's great and it allows you to not have to create a personality. It allows you to just, to just like, Oh, you just drink and you do it. Well, because I didn't drink till I was 30, it forced me to face being funny and take risks with jokes without, without drinking. Right. And so now I can look, you know, like it's very, I'm very, I think as a comic, I'm one of the guys, I, I do think that I'm more like, natural and able to talk to people and do real conversations and riff and i think a lot of that is because i don't have a lot of the fear because i've been sober i had to build this personality and this structure 
and all this shit at a very young age because I wasn't. And by a young age, I mean from 20 to 30. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, sure. I love that. Kids, stay away from stay away from drugs, stay away from alcohol, because Greg Stone had to you have to develop a personality when you kind of discard the crutches like people who yeah. are going around with the crutch that are drugs or alcohol. They can just kind of, uh, you know, everybody's laughing at the same stupid Beavis and Butthead cartoon because they're all high and they don't have to develop the A material that Greg Stone is known for. And, and I mean, but there is like true. I mean, like that's truth to that, you know, like yeah. I do think that but drinking is also and drugs are so much more fun. <laughs> in thir- when you're 30 because here's the thing right you get to, when you're a kid you do all this fun shit you know like you're doing fun things you're playing hide and go seek you're like you know like you're doing all this really fun stuff if you're doing drugs too you're burning both of those right so by the time you're 30 you're not doing the fun stuff you did as a kid unless you're yeah. making toys right so that's <laughs> when you start drinking and doing drugs because yeah. that part of life gets a little like boring, boring. Yeah. you know so like Oh, you got to watch these movies as a kid? At 30, go back, watch all those kid movies. Hi. And they're so much better. <laughs> That's another reason to stay off drugs. I love it. Yeah. Because then it will be better in your fucking 30s. Well, Greg Stone, like, I, I feel like I learned something today. And not only about, you know, nerd culture and action figures, but fucking, you know, the real action figure in the scene, which is Steven fucking Rogers. Yeah, he's the action figure. <laughs> I mean, he's fucking, yeah, he's, he's yeah. Yeah, whatever evil action figure you got, I don't know, de- destroy or whatever the fuck you said. I mean, he's he's all of, all of them combined, right? Yeah, that's the thing, right? I do want to say that Steve is a murderer, but I do love him. And I do love him. You have to accept people for their flaws. I am afraid of him, but I do love him. And if you see him, just be like, just, just know, like, have one eye open if you're around him, you know? <laughs> Put your wallet in your front pocket. You know, just take the precautions. If you're going to see Steve, take the precautions. I don't want you to not see Steve. See him. He's funny. <laughs> He's got a lot to his. The fake face he puts on is a great face. Yeah. But take the precautions. Yeah. Don't go to a second location. <laughs> someone you trust. I'm hanging out with Steve. Just want to let you know. You know, like, those. And then he's a great. Have, treat Steve like alcohol. Um, treat it with respect. Okay, understand it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Get your designated driver. Get your designated driver lined up. Know where your exits are at all times, because Stephen Rogers is a fucking you know he's a blessing and a curse. You don't know where the fear ends and the love begins. Exactly. To Greg exactly. Stone, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me.